Welcome to Coffee and Change. I'm Bill Kirst. As a business professional, a U.S. veteran, a lifelong learner, and an active listener, I help others navigate, understand, and adapt to our ever-changing workplace and world. As a third culture kid, I call many places home. Presently, Seattle is where I explore my creativity through the power of words and images. In this podcast, we journey with our guests, gaining knowledge and inspiration from their stories. When was the last time you set a boundary? You know, the ones you set for your sanity, your solitude, and your serenity? Well, what if I told you that no matter how hard you worked to integrate mindfulness and meditation into your life and your workday, you could be missing the biggest offender to your peace of mind, which we encounter daily? Yes, it's those digital notifications that pop up in pretty much every Microsoft product, each of our social networking apps, and even the app you're using to listen to this episode. I apologize in advance, as I may even be a part of the offense if you got a notification of this episode being published today. But the good news is my guest today is here to help us get back those boundaries. Stola Hansen hails from Norway and is the founder and CEO of Cloudway. I first heard Stola speaking on a webinar on digital well-being at Microsoft this past year and was immediately empowered to make some instant changes for my sanity. Stola speaks to many companies and teams about the importance of using our digital tools in a way that makes well-being not only possible, but real. And the good news is it's finally being built into one of the most underrated modules right at our fingertips, Microsoft Viva. Stola and I could have gone on for hours nerding out about all the tactics to take back control of our tech and we didn't even touch on the ever-growing popularity of co-pilot and generative AI technology. That we'll save for a future episode. For now, enjoy this conversation and make each day a day where you adjust those notifications for your peace of mind. Thanks for listening as always. So, good afternoon, Stola. Thank you for joining the Coffee and Change podcast. Um, I came across you actually in a webinar that you delivered uh, at, when I was at Microsoft, and it was specifically around the, the Viva ecosystem. So I immediately said to myself, hey, this is someone who is talking about technology differently. And he's talking about technology in order for us to increase our well-being and our happiness. And I sort of made a note and I set it aside and I said, this is someone I need to reach out to because this is something that we all struggle with. So before we jump into that, I would love for you to introduce yourself to the listeners. Um, when you think of digital and well-being, those are typically phrases or words that are not always together. And so I, I think it would be great to hear who you are and, and how you came to do what you do. Absolutely. Thank you for, for having me. So I'm going to make a long story short. My name is Tola Hansen. I'm based in, in Norway. And I'm a person who is easily distracted. <laughs> so uh, back in 2008, actually, I started blogging, outsourcing my memory. And that had a huge impact on my professional career. 
And um, finally, I didn't have to like relearn everything I learned because I've worked with Microsoft technology and I were deep into the technical um, bits and pieces of it. Around 2013, I started my public speaking career. And uh, at the same time, I started investigating how I, how I can work more structured in OneNote. Uh, so uh, OneNote is that canvas for taking notes and having that translated, and you can have tasks in there. And coincidentally, um, a couple of years later, I uh, st stood on the stage at Microsoft Ignite, uh, one of the bigger conferences uh, for Microsoft technologies for a thousand people talking about life hacks in OneNote. OneNote was your life. That's uh, that's how you survived life. And uh, and uh, yeah, it was a, a very interesting experience. At the same time, though, I started also investigating the Pomodoro technique. So Pomodoro technique is about like focusing, deep work, and making sure you reach that flow state. and do it more at will instead of it happening unconsciously in the morning or in the evenings. So um, in 2022, I actually came up with, with the, the final version of this, which was uh, what I call now digital well-being. It is based on uh, Microsoft technologies because that's what I work with, but the concept is very generic. So digital well-being is all about taking control over your digital tools so that they give the right information at the right time and they help you focus at work and disconnect at home. So um, that's um, what I've been focusing on. And uh, in the same time period, I founded a company called Cloudway. We are now 11 people and all of us are focusing on Microsoft technologies, especially Microsoft 365. And all of us, we are 11 people, and we are thought leaders and influencers within our space. So um, it's been an interesting journey. Well, congratulations, Stola, on founding founding the company and, and having um, 11 employees. I would love for you to talk a little bit about the, there was something you said that really grabbed my attention. It was focus at work so you can disconnect at home. And if you go back to the beginning of the pandemic, it seemed like all of those barriers that we had disappeared. Um, and it was it was almost mm. like one long meeting that we had. Yes. Um, and in some in some places, it still continues that way. So I'm curious what it was like for you when obviously you had started blogging and then you had started public speaking. What was it like for you during the pandemic when you started to see all of those kind of natural barriers to work and life? Uh, disappear. Yeah, so um, for me personally, it wasn't that big of a change actually, because uh, Cloudway is actually a company founded in the cloud, which means we actually don't have offices. We are a company with uh, employees in five different countries, so it doesn't make sense even to have uh, a company. So I've been working and living that kind of life for quite some time. But what we saw though was that people found themselves at home and were asking, okay, did I just move in at work now or did work just move in with me? And so I've been talking about these kind of things for, for quite some time already, but uh, during and after the pandemic, that's where I really got some traction on what I've been talking about because finally people understood that 
okay, if I don't control this, I will lose control over my time, my work time and free time. And it all just merges and melts together. And that's that drives stress and it drives, um, yeah, worst case can lead to burnout even because you are never like relaxing, disconnecting and so on. Yeah, burnout is a word that has been talked a lot in in the media, also in the hallways of corporations and companies. And one of the areas that I found really interesting was when I joined a webinar that you that you were that you were leading, you talked about the different ways that notifications, built-in notifications to these tools can have an adverse effect on our on our human psychology. And it was really interesting to me because one of the things I thought about, and I'm sure you encounter this with customers and people you speak to, is as you said before, OneNote is this canvas and it has all of what you need to be effective in your meetings. And a lot of work goes into customizing how OneNote looks for you and even setting up your notifications in Microsoft Teams, right? This is not something that we um, instantly have on day one at a company. But then, you know, years into a company, maybe you change companies and then you start back to square zero and you have to relearn mm. all that. So can you talk about the psychology of the notifications? That was something that was really interesting to me when I was researching your work, because it's something we don't even know is happening to us when all of those pings and notifications come and the power we take back by spending some time to understand what's the root of the notification? Do I need the notification? Is it helping me get work done or is it making me feel more stressed? So I'd love for you to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, so there's uh, with notifications, and I do believe that this is something everyone needs to be more conscious about. What I typically see is that people are very unconscious about notifications. You get a notification and just swipe it away. And and then it's out of sight, out of mind, and, and so on. But I do believe this is the number one skill we need to learn for the next decade because it, it's dominating our lives. So I typically say that the smartphone is, uh, is finished with its um, childhood now. And now it's in, in its youth. And what I'm, why I'm saying that is because now we have work applications on our phones, which means that... Um, uh, products like the Microsoft Teams or even Slack or social media, they they uh, want to grab your attention. So they send you a notification and even send you a notification if you haven't spent some time in the app. Hey, this is happening in the app. Do you want to do you want to come back? And uh, this is something then you need to be conscious about and aware of. So um, uh, I I watched this documentary on Netflix called The Social Dilemma. I. I recommend watching that um, that documentary because um, it, it is not to scare you for being in social media. It's more like understanding that we are hacked, and we they have spent so many resources of hacking our attention. How we uh, need that dopamine rush in order to uh, um, unconsciously pick up the phone and check for notifications, and that is what we need to be conscious about and aware of. So what I say is that then uh, every time you get a notification in your life, social media, in, at work, uh, for your tools that you use to manage your, your home life, ask yourself three questions. Why did I get it? Was it useful for me? And how can I adjust it? 
So maybe you want more of that notification because it was very important information or it was completely useless. I think one of the most useless notifications you can get is birthday notifications on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's an actual notification. And uh, which like, I, do I really need this? Probably not. And one of the hardest notifications to turn off really, but you really should, is also on LinkedIn, uh, where people are uh, looking at your profile. Because yes, it's interesting, it has something to do with you, but it's completely useless. Just means you have a profile on LinkedIn, so go turn it off. And all applications now on your phone, on the web and so on, they do have a very um, uh, comprehensive notification setting set up. So go in there and remove everything that is not important for you. Make sure you get important notifications, but also we need to think about getting them at the right time. So uh, that's also back to the, the smartphone because back in the days when, when uh, the smartphone became mainstream around 2011 and up until now, we had social media apps like Facebook and Twitter, and which is now called X and uh, Instagram and all the other apps we have been testing out throughout the years. Those are apps that, uh, hey, I'm, I'm not interested in this anymore. So I'm going to log off now. I'm going to remove and uninstall this app. What's happening now, though, is that we have important work applications, such as Teams and Slack and, and um, tools like that, where if you log on and uninstall, you're actually inconveniencing yourself. So we actually need to take the next step and start looking at the notifications, the notifications we get, and get them also at the right time. And with that, I mean is that Teams, for instance, has a setting called Quiet Time which means that you get notifications when you're at work and you don't get notifications when you're not at work. Because it turns out the moment you get like a, no a work notification, when you are at home, maybe you are uh, making some food, you are out with friends, you are uh, working out and so on. And the moment you get like a work notification doesn't, doesn't have to be important even. It's, it's like a timer goes off in your head for 30 minutes and you start drafting the answer and you start thinking about this. You're zoning out and, and you become distant. Uh, if you're talking with your friends, suddenly they say something to you and you like, what did you say? I was like drafting this thing in my head. Um, turns out though, that that message probably wasn't important at all. And um, that's the, you, you should then be able to answer that later because it turns out that tools like Teams are asynchronous communication tools, which means you don't really have to answer right now. You can answer in context later. And that is so important. And that's, I spend a lot of time talking about this. And most people I talk to, they are like, I, yeah, I know about notifications. I typically don't do anything with them. I just swipe them away. But uh, we need to think about this. And I, I experience that people after the pandemic are more um, inclined to listen to this and, and take action. Yeah, there's so much you just said in there that, that I was having flashbacks um, to my to my time at Microsoft. And one of the things that you, you mentioned, I remember the first time I turned off all the notifications from like Teams via my phone. I just ba I basically went into the Apple settings, right? You, you scroll down to the app, it's got the notifications and you have the choice. Do you want it to be 
on the top of the phone, the bottom of the phone, the middle of the phone, the banner, do you want a sound, do you want a buzz, right? You have all of those options. And I, and I said, mm. no, I just want them off. Why? Because I spent most of my time in Microsoft Teams when I was at Microsoft on my, my laptop, right? So I didn't need mm. two of everything. I didn't need two of every notification. But what's interesting is exactly what you said. The next time I went to log on to Teams on the phone, a little banner popped up at the bottom and it said, hey, you're missing notifications. Do you want to turn them on? Mm. And it, it goes yes. back to that. <laughs> right? It's just fascinating to me that you proactively go in and say, I want to turn all these off. And then it makes you feel like you're missing out. It's the programming. Yes. It's the psychological That's how it works. Program. That's how it pulls you in. And also, uh, one more thing is that uh, you can go in the Apple settings and can say, hey, I want to turn off the badge yes. of the number of unread messages. Because if it's one or 20, it could be one important, but the 20 could be something else you're not interested in. So turn that off as well, because you don't really need to see that. It's, it's actually quite stressful to see it. The power of the badge. I, I feel like there's a whole documentary that could be about that little badge that pops up. Yeah. Because it has absolute psychological control over us. And a number of the applications, not the ones we're necessarily talking about, but some of the social media ones, I know there's been uh, reports that will say some of them, even if you turn the badge off, they will turn it back on for you because they want to draw you back in. They want to make you feel as if there's something that you're missing. And, yes. and even in something like Instagram, I've noticed recently because they change the algorithm all the time and they change the settings without your approval, I've noticed that sometimes when you log into uh, Instagram, it you know shows your your feed, and obviously there's that little heart where it says that you know if you have a like, which again, mm. the iconography of what we're using is is in itself a fascinating psychology, and then you have the little message icon, and I've noticed lately that the first time you log in and you kind of scroll through your feed, you're like okay, nothing, nothing, and as you do the sort of the swipe up, right? Yes, you're going to go to the top of the feed. And I'm getting ready to then uh, double tap and change applications on my iPhone. It's only then that these red notifications pop up and show me I have all these likes and, and, mm. and a few messages. And I think to myself, well, hang on a second. When I was primarily on Instagram and looking at it, there were no notifications. Now that mm. I'm getting ready to context switch and application switch, all of a sudden, there's, it's telling me, oh, you had five likes yesterday or something. So it's pulling us back in each yes. and every time. And we fall for it every single time because we are pretty basic. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so what we have been trained, we have been trained to get that dopamine rush by opening the app and see what's going on. And it's a ding, it's a flash, it's, it's something in there. And, and sometimes it's nothing at all, but they, you have created the habit of opening the app mm -hmm. and, and, and look at it for no reason. Right. Right. So and that, that's that's something we need to to then hack back. And, and that's why I turn off at least the um, the uh, um, them pulling you into the app yeah. uh, and, and at least turn that off and, and then try to not open the app unconsciously as well, because that's that also doesn't help. Yeah. So, uh, but that's why we need to ask those three questions every time because uh, configuring it once is just for today. Tomorrow, there might be new features within the application right. and then everything is on by default. Yes. 
It is actually like that in Teams. It's like that in on LinkedIn and so on. So if there's a new feature, everything is on. So that's why suddenly you start getting pop-ups again and, and stuff is happening. And it's like, what what's happening right now? Yeah. And um, and that's that's where you like always ask those three questions regardless and do it every day. And, and suddenly you will reduce number of notifications by 90%. They can guarantee it. So this is an everyday exercise. It's really good that you're saying this because otherwise people think they're going crazy, Stola. Like you, you, you're like, wait, I just did all this. I just it's like spring cleaning in your house, right? I, I did all this cleaning. Everything is good. It's where I need it to be. And then the next yes. day you're like, it appears as if nothing was done. And it's because they've changed the settings, defaulted back to, you know, LinkedIn is a great example of that, right? They roll out a new feature and, and all of a sudden you're like, why am I getting this again? Um, mm. So I do think that's really important for people to hear. You have to ask yourself those three questions every day. And it's incumbent upon us to manage that well-being, right? We can't turn yes. this over to those who have the apps because they're interested in clicks and views and watches and purchases. Uh, none, Daily active users. Yeah, none of that is, <laughs> is um, they're not really all that interested in our well-being. However, I would love to also flip it a little bit because an example of where I actually had my eyes open to some of this well-being stuff was through a module inside Microsoft Teams called Viva and specifically mm. Viva Insights. So a number of years ago, when I started seeing some of the Viva rollout, Viva Insights, and you described it earlier beautifully in the example of the quiet time. So yes. through the Viva Insights, for people that don't know about that, I encourage many people, there's, you know, I think there's now 300 million um, monthly active users on Microsoft Teams across the world. So a lot of people know about Microsoft Teams. For those listening, if you don't know about the Viva module, you should look into it. Viva Insights is, it kind of just tells you how you're using this technology day in and day out. And one of the ones you mentioned, Stola, was quiet time. And I remember when I started a job years ago, I looked at the, the, the little uh, module and it said to me, 26 out of the past 28 days, you have uh, essentially not had quiet time. Yes. And I didn't know what that meant. I was like, well, what do you mean 26 out of the past 28 days? And when I dug into it, I realized what was happening was exactly what you described, which was I was getting notifications, I was opening those notifications, and I was hesitating or pondering or even responding to those notifications outside my regular work hours. Yes. And um, it blows my mind, really what Microsoft is doing with Viva Insights, which is included if you have E3 or E5 and uh, for personal use. And um, uh, it blows my mind that we now have a productivity technology that helps us with productivity. Right. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah, imagine that. It's not, it's not like uh, we haven't had the office suit for so long, right? And, and it's like, here is the tool, go be productive. Uh, but now it's, uh, oh yeah, if you want to work smarter and especially Outlook, if you want to work smart in Outlook, good luck doing that. Uh, but you need to figure it out yourself. Now, Microsoft is building into the core platform best practice productivity features. Quiet time is one of them. Focus time, 
virtual community in order to uh, reflect on, on your day before you end your day. Meditation, uh, body scan, uh, how do you feel today? And all those techniques are what the productivity books are talking about. Like literally any productivity book and self-help book says, hey, you should reflect at the end of your day. What did you succeed with? What did you not succeed with? Why did you do it so that you can do more what's good and less of what's bad? And, and that's built into the platform now, which means that we can roll it out in an organization in a completely different way than we have before. So now it's not just for those who read the book or are super interested or, or want to like really change their lives or they invest in the apps and the routines and so on. Now it's actually built into the flow of work and, and it blows my mind. Yeah, I, I, as I discovered it, as it was kind of rolling out, like you said, to the E3 and E5 customers, I quickly found myself going to things like the virtual commute, right? During the pandemic, we had the, that's that sense of loss of barriers. And so people would, you know, you would basically finish your meeting and then you'd say, okay, well, I'm home now, right? You just sort of pivot to your left and then there's your children mm. or your spouse or dinner. And there, were, there wasn't that logical break. And so the virtual commute became a real gift to me because it allowed you to sort of down um, downshift from your day and create a, a cognitive barrier between what I was just processing. And I've seen that evolve over time. The other thing I found to be really helpful was, yes, the Headspace partnership. Um, I love the lo-fi music. That is in yep. um, in the in the. That's another well best practice, right? Listen to lo-fi music, like to bring you in the flow state when you focus and so on. And and, I, and it's built into the platform again. It's right. Blows my mind. And and there's <laughs> and there's so many people that I mean, there's a lot of people that have their favorite Spotify playlist that is lo-fi music. Or I remember during the pandemic when uh, somebody sent me this amazing website called Sounds of the Office. And essentially mm. it was, we're so used to the sound of a coffee machine or a printer or low chatter in the background or uh, in some places, even a fax machine, right? And going, and <laughs> you could toggle on these sounds and yeah. so that you could be listening to it while you were at home, almost tricking your mind that you were back in the office. And mm. it's sort of the flip side of what we were talking about before, where these these cognitive tricks you can do for the benefit of the human body, the human experience, a sense of connection. And and what I love about what's happening in Viva is they are looking at productivity and well-being, but also insights. You know, the the feature I used to love, not only as an individual contributor, but as a manager, was the ability to at the end of the day, uh, using the emojis, right, the icons. Yes. indicate for myself, how was my day, right? The scale from a sad face all the way to a happy face. I think there are five, you know, five options in there. And what was really interesting for me was we think that over the course of months that we remember what every single day was like and that we have a catalog of why that was a tough day and why that was a good day. But in truth, as you know, the hard drive that is between our ears is not that efficient. It doesn't store that well. So for me yes. to go back and see the trends of when I was happy, when I was sad, when I had a tough day, and then actually overlay that on top of the, what was happening at work, it was really insightful to me. And then I could make habit changes or I could 
prepare for what I'm, I know, for example, you know, that let's say July was a, was a really busy month. I knew that the, the previous year because of what was happening in the business. Okay, well, there's some information that I can prepare for. What am I going to do to make sure I sleep more, make sure I'm eating healthy, make sure I'm working out, making sure that I'm meditating more in anticipation of a very busy work month. So those things that I discovered have been really helpful. I would love to hear from you. You talk about this. You do um, webinars. You introduce people to some of these features. And many people don't even know they're there in the system. What is that like when you open people's eyes to some of this? Yeah, it's, uh, it's as, as you say, it's, uh, it's very powerful. But uh, when I talk to companies, I do uh, digital well-being coaching for uh, senior leadership groups, corporations, and individuals. And um, most of the time, they are blissfully ignorant <laughs> of, of everything with, that you just talked about. Yeah. Being intentional about your own well-being, being intentional about, okay, I, I had this experience, but uh, let's make sure it doesn't happen again, or how can I prepare for it next time? So they're blissfully ignorant of that. And, and that's why we need to talk about the tool is there, the, the features are there. But we still need to talk about the science behind it and the psychology behind it and, and, and put it in, in context. So, for instance, uh, we talked a bit about the quiet time. In Viva Insights, a manager can um, roll out quiet time for, uh, for his or her group, mm -hmm. which means that now you are given the, um, the authority of, of using quiet time. Um, you are entitled to do it instead of you taking quiet time. There's so uh, big a difference in that. So as a group, you should agree that, hey, I expect everyone to use quiet time and I'm going to roll it out for you. And uh, which means that if I send you a message, it's not expected that you answer that message unless I call you and I know how to reach you if, if something is super urgent. But uh, if, if not, then you answer it on your own time. Could be that you are working in the evenings, in the mornings, whenever. And, uh, but rolling that out as a part of what you do in a department, in a group, in a project group or something like that, that can change a culture overnight. And um, as you talked about, you, you then get uh, feedback on like how many quiet days did you have the past month? And um, for me, it's around uh, between four and six. But that's a conscious choice, right? Because I'm very aware of that. So still, it's only four to six, but it is four to six, right? It's not zero. Um, even when I had a vacation, I had like four to six. So, uh, but that's, that's just me. I'm a person that's easily distracted and I have a, have a lot of roles as well. So it, that's my choice. Um, and uh, but but having a, that gamification of it. So when we are analyzing the work patterns using Viva Insights for organizations, we look at um, in departments where there are a lot of off-hour work, but it's less than an hour mm -hmm. per week, mm -hmm. because that probably means you're just in there checking things out, answering some um, Teams messages or whatever. Right. You are not actually working. There are th those are the ones we want to then target and teach like quiet hours and and don't get distracted by notifications in the evenings because most probable you're not working you're just in the work mindset uh, for yourself 
And that's also where virtual commute comes into play. Because if you, uh, as you said, at, if you're at the home office and you just turn around and, and you're, but you're still on the same computer because now you're going to play some games <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, or, or something like that. If you, if you don't reflect on today and tomorrow, it will stay in your head. Yeah. So, which means that you will actually be checking your phone to see, did I get any emails or did I get any Teams messages? Because I did, I don't know what I, uh, there, there's something I feel that might have happened or I, I forgot about or something like that. So doing that virtual commute, planning for the next day, where I'm going to be tomorrow morning, are there any meetings I need to prepare for? And then close that um, discussion in your head and say, I have full control. I don't need to look into this. Same with your tasks in Microsoft To Do, where, hey, these were the tasks you were wanting to do today. You didn't get to do them. Are there any one of those you should have done? And then, oh, yeah, let me do that one because that takes five minutes. But the other one I'm going to plan for tomorrow morning. So in order to like then close those open discussions in your head at the end of the day, so incredibly important. And then using quiet time to not get pulled back into work mode again. That is uh, the, actually the, one of the easiest things you can get started with uh, if you're going to do digital well-being. And it's going to change the way you relax in the in weekends and evenings and so on. Yeah, there was, there was two things that you said which I found really really powerful. One was you said the word give and the word take. And even those words, right? Um, you know, I'd be curious, like even in Norwegian, like what happens when you say those words to yourself? Like there's a, there's a, there's a sort of visceral response in your body when you say give. People are like, oh yeah, you have feelings of warmth and like it's a gift, right? It's a, it's a, a, a goodness. When we hear the word take, we immediately think something like, um, you're taking away from someone or that you have to, you know, seize something. And so it, you, you kind of get rigid. The example you gave with the gift of time, gift of quiet time, a manager having the conversation with their teams to say, I'm going to make a conscious and proactive decision that we gift each other this time. I can see why culture changes overnight as opposed to, I need you to take your time off right like it just doesn't have the same effect and i think a lot of times the intent of managers is to say to their teams take time off but if it feels like it's something that you have to really claw for then you're actually not achieving the benefits of what the time off is would that be accurate yeah i think so because uh if you're taking it and uh, and uh, you like okay I'm I'm doing this for myself but then you still go back and check because it's not a culture within the group so you go and check anyway so uh, yeah I don't I don't think that works and also you need to do it as a group it doesn't uh, it, it has some benefit of you doing it for yourself but it's when you as a group do it that's when it the biggest impact it has and it's all about expectations. And, and there is actually one feature within Viva Insights I don't like, and that is delay send on Teams messages and emails, because uh, I don't believe in that. That you, oh yeah, should be, should be uh, empathetic about your time, and and maybe you are not working in the evening, so I'm going to delay this message for tomorrow at nine o'clock, and and 
I don't subscribe to that because uh, I don't know when you are working tomorrow or how you are working. Maybe you are up early and and getting some uh, some active hours in, and before you have a full day of meetings or whatever. Me sending that then at nine o'clock, it could actually be more stressful for you. So I, I I don't believe in delay sending. I do believe in quiet time. That I've I'm working now, so I'm sending the information now. And this this is even more true for global organizations where like everyone is working different time zones. So I I cannot be conscious about which time zone you are in even. So I'm I'm working now, sending this information in the Teams on email, whatever, and then you take it when you are ready, because if it were urgent. I know how to reach you, which means that if you haven't received anything urgent from me, nothing is urgent. Yeah, I really appreciate that you just gave that distinction around the delay send because that was a question I was going to ask you, and you've actually made me think about it differently because the delayed send feature, when that was rolled out through Teams and for Outlook and even for Slack. One of the things I find interesting, as you just pointed out, Stola, is it will suggest a time that it be sent. However, it is always based on your time zone, not the person who you're sending it to. Well, actually, now it does so. It says that, hey, this person is in this time zone. Do you want to send it later? But still, I don't believe in it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, it's made me rethink it, which I appreciate because. In in some ways, you're right. I think some people think they are allotting quiet time through the delayed send. But in in fact, if you're thinking about delayed send or using delayed send as much as you are, you should probably have a conversation with your team about quiet time. Would that be fair? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, you need to control your availability. You need to control your notifications, getting the right information at the right time. Everyone else cannot do that for you, right? And typically what we say is that those people are very email heavy um, organizations and, and people, uh, they, they have their agenda in their mailbox. So if you want to hack those people, you send them an email in the beginning of the morning so that your thing gets at the top of, uh, of their agenda. This is stuff then we need to, to hack because even though it's at the top of my mailbox doesn't mean that it is the, what's the most important for me at that time. So I need to take control over my information flow and my task flow and, um, and not the other way around. And I, I think uh, quiet time and those kind of conversations are much more powerful than, than using a technology to solve a bad culture really. Yeah, and then one last question I'd love to get your thoughts on has more to do with, like you said, the canvas. I've read a lot about Windows 365, right? So the, the concept of basically, it doesn't matter what device you're using, it doesn't matter if you're switching between companies, you pull down this portfolio or this profile and all of your settings follow you. You know, you had mentioned before power of OneNote and Teams and notifications. I do find it's really challenging when people move between companies. You have to start from square one all over again. And you might have built an amazing setup of notifications and, and OneNote and your, your you know, tabs and browser tabs, all of that. And then you have to start at zero. So have, you, have yeah. there been any discussion or thought or roadmap discussion around that? So my, my thinking on that is 
Um, that's why I want to use as much built-in functionality as possible so that I don't have to like build a routine outside the platform. So um, what I mean with that is um, back in the days when OneNote was uh, your life hack, I built this huge system in, in OneNote and, and the way I took notes and did tasks and, and everything, and it fell apart all the time because it only worked on PC, right? It didn't work on phone, didn't work on, on my yeah. tablet, didn't work when I were, were not at my PC. And that is where it, it just fell apart all the time. And that's, I think, it has been the way for all like productivity methodologies up until today is that you had to create a system outside the system, which meant it fell apart the moment you didn't do everything by the book. Personally, um, when I do digital well-being, task management and, and focus time and, and processing of all that information and so on, I fail at it every day. But it's fine. That's completely fine because it's so embedded into the technology I use that is always there and always available. So I can even be away from my uh, computer um, in multiple days and still be able to succeed with um, the uh, methodology because if I uh, read an email, I flag it, it goes into to-do. If I find a Teams message, I send it to to-do, which is my task um, stash zone. And um, it, th that's why it always works, regardless if I'm on web, on PC, on Mac, on, uh, on, on the tablet, whatever. So I think that's very important when you're looking into those kind of activities and settings and, and the way you do it. Don't try to overdo it as, so it doesn't go as far away from the core functionality. And that is why I'm blown away by the way Microsoft has integrated Viva into the Microsoft 365 platform is because now we don't have to build those systems outside. Now you even get feedback on, on how many focus days you had last week and, and how you're doing. And as you said, looking at how, how you're actually feeling throughout uh, the month. And uh, it's, it's built into the platform. You don't have to buy a, a specific book that is organized in a specific way for you to take the notes in a very intricate and, and the correct way. It's just it's part of the platform. And I think that is very, very important. And it has to be as robust as possible so you can use it when you're like super busy. And what happens when you're super busy, you start making lists, you start making um, uh, like very organized, like I need to do this before I can go to vacation or I need to do this before the deadline or something like that. We need to incorporate those habits as well in our flow of work every day and what I find now is that uh, Microsoft To Do, for instance, is is like the main task management tool within the Microsoft 365 portfolio, which means that using that as a task system, well, then you get that feedback loop from the applications around you. It gets highlighted in Viva Insights. It gets highlighted in, in Outlook, in Teams, and so on. And, and finding that uh, integration uh, is then very important. So yeah, I, I try to use as much out-of-the-box functionality as I can. Yeah, oh, I appreciate that. And that, even the to-do is a reminder for me, literally, to go in and spend more time in the to-do because it does, it is part of the ecosystem and it shows up where I work regardless in Outlook and Teams and so forth. Um, before I let you go, I would love for you to tell people where they can find out more about Cloudway, 
if there are people who are listening and saying, hey, I'd love to listen to some of his webinars or even see some of his content on YouTube, what's the best way for people to find you, possibly connect with you? Absolutely. So I have a profile on cloudway.com, which is our homepage. I have a digital well-being landing page there as well. And there you will find content that's available on YouTube that I talked about at conferences, um, recorded content. And you will also find my YouTube channel because the first thing I did uh, one and a half year, years ago is when, when I finally found like the, the, I could tell a coherent story on productivity uh, in Microsoft 365 and, and found like the digital well-being concept, I did a brain dump on YouTube. So uh, it's a very practical approach to like, okay, it's nice to hear you talk about like those features, but what does it actually look like? How do I capture to, to do? How do I organize uh, and talk to people in teams? How, what does uh, OneNote look like? So it's around eight hours of, of content where I, where I talk about this and, and show you how it works. So, um, and you find my YouTube channel as well uh, on uh, cloudway.com. So, or, or on YouTube, of course, uh, Stala Hansen. And, um, and yeah, uh, there you can reach out to me as well if you want to have like personal training or maybe this is something you want to talk about in your organization. What's interesting though, is that we do more and more these days around helping organizations become um, co-pilot ready, you know, chat GPT in the flow of your work. Mm -hmm. And which means that now digital well-being is more important than ever. Because if you're going to have that feedback loop with uh, ChatGPT and, and Copilot as well, then you need to work in a digital way and you need to succeed with uh, using those digital tools as much as possible so that you get the feedback loop from uh, having something like that in, in the flow of your work as well. So we're seeing more and more organizations now actually, actually wanting to change how they work. Up until now, it has been like, oh, it's... That's fine that you say this, we understand it. But then they ask, uh, up until now they ask, what happens if you don't do it? And nothing really happens if you, if you don't do digital well-being. It's, it's just that you will be not as optimal as you could have been. But now with co-pilot and getting co-pilot ready, what can happen is that your company is not utilizing the next generation of technology, which, which, which it is. Um, the, the most optimal way, and that could have um, indi indications for you at the bottom line. So uh, we're seeing a, a huge interest now in, in this. And interestingly enough, we use the ADCAR methodology by Prose. I know you had uh, mm -hmm. uh, him on the uh, podcast earlier, so um, that was a very interesting discussion. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's all coming together now. That's, uh, that's what's happening. <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate you, you mentioning the, the co-pilot stuff. And I'll definitely have to have you on again as we, as we learn more about co-pilot and see how that's integrating into people's lives. Because you're absolutely right. It's, it's a mindset shift, which means it's a culture shift, which means it's a well-being shift. And as we're seeing it roll out in different ways, it's a huge change. And I'm talking to a lot of people who you know are at the beginning stages of that journey in terms of integrating Copilot, and I do think I mean I write a lot on LinkedIn about how this era of AI is really going to change the way we understand human consciousness. In 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 that is our well-being. So yeah. I would definitely love to 
you know, bookmark of the future. We can talk more about that as it as it rolls out in the future for more enterprises. But thank you so much for your time um, this morning, my time, your afternoon time. Um, I'm standing between you and a weekend. So uh, thank you so much, Stola, for your time and, and sharing all this. And I personally can't wait to go onto the YouTube page and learn more because there's so many productivity hacks that uh, that I'm ready to sort of weave back into my day in order to get back more well-being. So thank you. Thanks for having me, Bill. Yeah, I appreciate it.